Arab people have catches wielding a rock, the Stokti Dola, Tianadori, is Kolori, Eine Eliok, Erengetal Shias, Ermahan Hainix, or Sama Van Kela Saivin, Tofirkin Ochas Aram Van Shaliv, Agus Gordokok and Shanstam, Antogra, Nuashat, the Navendel, Alonso, Gohithagul. Minister, members of the Oroctus and members of County Council, Mayor, uh, distinguished guests all. It's been a very great pleasure to really have been invited to come to officially launch this new project, Avondale, which is, <clears throat> we've had a marvelous experience, Sabine and I, with, with others, of just going through what is, I think, truly a wonderful experience. My first reaction was to think, I must say, was to see what a splintered cooperation it is between agencies of state. Uh, I think that one is struck immediately as one goes through these trees to see the great importance that attaches to forestry being thinking long and of the great diversity that is there, including trees of 200, tree of 250 years old. But more importantly, when I was coming, knowing I was coming here and thinking about Quilch's April statement, I very much want to congratulate them on the way in which it combines re responsibilities that are now really great challenges that are facing us. We're at a crisis point in relation uh, to climate change as our planet is burning. We have seen the consequences of this uh, in all forms of life, not only human life. I've been speaking recently about the famine that threatens us in the Horn of Africa, but also all other forms of life. And then we've had the reports from our recent biodiversity conference of where we are really in relation to biodiversity. It is at a time of great urgency and it is essential that the terrible events of war after the invasion of Ukraine do not detract us from what were great hopeful moments for people of all ages and across the world in relation to what we committed to in Paris in relation to in the climate change and also the considerable achievement it was to have an agenda for sustainability. These are issues from which we cannot have a fallback and as is likely in so many parts of the world because uh, what would be a consequence of our shifting, of our lifting our gaze would be irreversible. But being positive, traveling around here, looking and going through the wonderful walk that I have been going through, you see a combination of many different things. And they, they learn us emphasizing how the forestry agenda that was outlined in April is someone that addresses sustainability, it addresses biodiversity, it addresses the need of housing, with incredibly ambitious, but I believe they're wonderful. I compliment them on being ambitious of moving, for example, the use of timber-built houses from 20% to 80% by 2015. I think as well, then of course it is the impact of all of this in relation to uh, being a sink for CO2. I think that all of this is really, it is what it's giving you is, is a joined vision that is at once talking about, if you like, practical matters, how to build, 
housing, which we don't desperately need, with durable and sustainable materials and at the same time as well, make a significant contribution in relation to meeting a third of Ireland's forestry programme and also then in terms in relation to CO2 emissions, making such a very, very strong contribution. And then the partner that is very, very important, where people speak now very much of visiting and visiting the, where we are after what we've gone through a period of what was referred to as green tourism, but it's no longer just about consuming, if you like, the experience of one part of the planet or another. It's about visiting with responsibility, pleasure, joyfulness, wonder, and excitement. And I think that's very, very important, that the visitor experience that we have just been through is one that is so important in terms of, I think there are so many lovely things about it. I have a, a, a conservative view that I really loved that, to see the names of the trees, you know, not only in Irish and in English, but in Latin. Because I think, and I would recommend it very much for all of the plant life as well, because there is actually a wonderful recovered interest in botany. And uh, it's wonderful to people would be able to, in fact, identify the relationships of the families of the different uh, sources of plants. I think it was an absolutely uh, marvelous experience. And there's so much achieved here in relation to it as well. I think that to see, as you have just said, to see uh, a timber, uh, Irish timber, and to see in a number of things, some of the trees, in fact, that had been taken from the estate itself, uh, used in the construction. And we're actually, actually a very interesting time. When I'm looking, for example, at the visitor facilities that are there, of being able to just I, to see visually the image of the bird and hear its sound, and in the same way to be able, all of this is technology used in an educational way at its very best. And I, I, that is a matter for celebration. I think that the history of Avondale itself uh, is, of course, a, a, a very emotional one, really, in relation to being the home of Charles Stuart Parnell. I recall speaking about Parnell in, in, way back in 1979. It was the centenary of the Foundation of the Land League, and we were holding meetings. I think we were waiting for Professor Moody's book on Parnell at the time, but the point was is that we spoke about that fusion that took place, if you like, between agrarian agitation, it was a terrible time, and really particularly in the west of Ireland, and Parnell, who made such an extraordinary adventure, effectively uh, leaving his own class, as it were, and being exceptional in which he saw that you had to think beyond the confines of your own class in Ireland, which was entering a phase of dilapidation and debt in relation to some of the states of Ireland. But also he had a long vision in which he saw that it was possible to use land in a way in which it would be responsible for, for its most appropriate use and using aspects of innovation, but at the same time meet what were the needs of people. I think uh, I, I was, I've been interested for a long time in the dilemma that, uh, the dilemmas that uh, Charles Stuart Parnell faced. There's first of all, the ex there, is the, there is his engagement with Michael Davis, 
who is one of the greatest Irishmen of all time. People forget David's contribution, and for example, in favour of his magnificent speeches on, 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 on anti-Semitism, his contribution to the constitution of New Zealand in relation to native people, and how, if you like as well, he continually asked people uh, to discover a moral journey in themselves to get beyond, if you like, what was narrow. And then in his conversations, very much, it is to the great strength of the Parnell-Davis relationship is that it brought together social issues, social agitation, and the parliamentary process. I think Charles Stuart Parnell is interesting as well insofar as how, if you like, to be involved in great campaigns. Uh, it has a great cost, including a family cost. It is after his imprisonment in 1882, you have the position of he is in fact seeking to find an accommodation that will achieve things with Davit in a parliamentary way, but the evictions are continuing and his two sisters are responding directly to those who have been thrown from their houses and from their demolished houses. And of course this was a division which would not be healed until uh, even right up to the end of, the, of, of Charles Stuart Parnell's life itself. But I often think as well the journey that was involved here of leaving Avondale here and travelling, if you like, to the train and then into Dublin and then getting the boat across. But also there were all the by-elections that were taking place that brought him to different parts of the country. And it's for another day I, I have been asked to write something else about his companions at that particular time. But what was fascinating was the great trust and love that existed for him. And of course, as we are in the 100th, the centenary of the publication of Ulysses, it is really one of the strongest, one of the things that is really the strongest departure points for James Joyce in that great novel, The Changed Literature. I'd better look at my script for the first time, <laughs> but, but, uh, but uh, uh, I do think this, uh, I, I, I do think the treat of walkway that is through the forest, I should say as well, I'm, I'm delighted that E.A.K. here, the great poet of Forrest, in my view, is Rilke. And uh, I think it's interesting, the relationship of forests and trees to philosophy and, and, and to poets. Poets have made an extraordinary use of the forestry experience. I do think we're very, very fortunate. This is, I should say as well, in the history of Irish politics, there were several attempts at having a go at reforestation. One of the very early journeys after the 1948-1951 government in Ireland was Sean McBride bringing Mr. Blowick and one other on a tour across Europe of which they were to look at the forests of Europe because they were going to implement what is a tree planting programme. But what I have seen today and the combination of government projects of a different kind, it is in relation, there is an educational benefit to what we have seen. There is a very responsible ecological version of visiting, which will in fact both at home and abroad. There is an ecological awareness. There is a sense as well as the social issues of participation, the stress and the great efforts that have been made to achieve the fullest possible accessibility so that people of all ages will, uh, can benefit. I'm very glad reference was made to Samuel Hayes. 
It is sometimes neglected, but there's quite a strong literature in relation to Irish uh, uh, forestry and Irish trees. And in both languages, you know, in the poem itself, which people will have learned at school, what will we do without, without our, our forests? And the destruction of the forests as well links us very to, to European global history. And indeed, it has its portent in relation to present and future circumstances, because in fact, actually, the loss of our forests, while it, people may say it was change, change practices, it was so intricately related to war and the use of timber for vessels and, uh, and for what might be called the collisions of empire. I think that what is very, very interesting too is that we must be, when I hope that when the house becomes fully available for, uh, for visitors, it is very important, I think, for us to try and to have a great respect for the people who tried to work that parliamentary tradition by who traveled to London. And also, as well as that, to learn, if you like, from as well, how, if you like, uh, one aspect of one's private life was going to destroy, if you like, the immense contribution that could have been made publicly by the success of Parnell. I think there are lessons everywhere in it. And indeed, Joyce went to great efforts to remind us of that. I want to say as well how very important the attempts to be made for those of different circumstances and different capacities and abilities. Having a, a sensory garden, uh, having a pavilion area, and having, if you like, all of these engagements with people of different, of different capacities is such a good thing. I was to say, just and I'm coming to the end of what I have to say this very, very much, is that having come out, having, as we move through the recent experience of COVID, how important it was, how fortunate those of us were, anyone who was near a park or near an open public spaces. Public spaces are just so important. And when we're discussing housing and other matters, it isn't the square footage only that matters. It is its proximity to when you can leave the square footage to be able to engage nature and to engage parks. And I think our parks should, must be managed in a way that allows people of all ages to ha have them as recreational uh, resources. All the research is showing now that in fact, that those who are able to access natural environments, there are straightforward uh, health benefits. I, I think too that it is uh, so so important that we look at these uh, these look at these obstacles out there that are there to uh, participation. I think maybe, and this is my final point. You know, as I began speaking about climate change, about hard to think about how much is lost, the Anthropocene's relationship, our relationship as human species to the world, is one that has not been good. From about the 1760s, 1830s, the rather the Industrial Revolution, we have in fact done so much damage to those with whom we share, to the life forms with which we share the planet. It has been a destructive relationship. It goes back very, very much to domination, colonization, empire. Francis Bacon, Bacon saying, or Bacon saying, the philosopher writing, for example, 
I lead to you nature and her children in bondage for your use to gouge out her secrets. That thinking of the domination of nature was, has had results that we now struggle with today, as I said, with our, climate, with our planet and the dangerous situation it is, the great losses of biodiversity. But we must, in fact, not be defeated by the magnitude of the task. We must insist that these issues retain their place in public consciousness. We must try and combine the consciousness of ecological responsibility, uh, social justice, and proper connection, uh, proper economics. And I think that we are well in a position uh, 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 to do that. It is rather like this in a way. It is that we must put ourselves back in tune with nature. The philosopher, whose I quote most uh, recently now, uh, speaks of it as resonance. We must restore our resonance with nature, with each other, with the world, and with our language, uh, and with our works of art. And I think that this uh, it can be done. I think that what we have, that's why I mentioned Quilchest April programme, and fairness, and my uh, saying it, it represents a very significant departure from practices that they have, in fact, actually changed and changed on the basis of what their experience has been. And it is quite visionary in its combination of combining all of these projects and being able, as well as that, to see how the project, if you like, the most pleasurable, responsible form of visiting is related to ecology and it is related to education in its broadest sense and related to issues of forestry. And I think as well, in the end of the day, we all know about it all. All that some people regarded as fantastic, but the relationship between trees themselves and the relationship between trees and us and between nature and us, these are the sources of hope and renewal and resilience. And when the house is available and people are visiting it, they'll be able to think as well about the vulnerability of those who have dreams and who are trying to advance their policies in the most difficult circumstances and how that the legacy that they leave after them and those that they in that those who succeeded them in fact in sowing trees is something to which we can encourage others to aspire. Mirabuika says Perpanak and I officially open this project. Thank you very much.